Let's pray. We thank you, God, that you gave us Jesus so we can see your face. We pray that we would live such lives that we move further towards his glory. Amen. So, I wonder what your life would look like if you plotted out a graph of how spiritual you'd felt all the way through your life. Well, if it's anything like mine, I imagine it might look a bit like a roller coaster with some high points and some low points and some kind of going round and round pointlessly points. It's not just a straight line. And it's not just going up either. Sometimes we feel like we're going back on ourselves. But there will have been moments in your lives where you felt close to God or closer to God. There will have been moments in your lives when you felt like you'd really understood more of God for some reason. I can think of a few. Um, One of them was actually right here, almost in this very spot. It was the very first time I had... um, I had presided at communion after, after I'd been priesthood and um, I was handing out the wafers to people and it was a very moving experience and then I came up to handing out a wafer to my mum and I completely lost it. I just, yeah, tears, I had mascara on as well, it was a bad thing. So, but it was such a wonderful, wonderful moment. And standing there, presiding every time, I feel like it's, if not a mountaintop, there's definitely a hillock. So, it's a wonderful thing. And maybe you can think of some, some mountaintop spiritual experiences that you've had. Um, sometimes, though, these things don't just happen to us. We have to go in search of our mountaintops. We have to go climbing. And as somebody who's recently rediscovered rock climbing, I like this quite a lot. Because around this time of year, the church goes mountain climbing. As we're waiting for the season of Lent, which happens this week, by the way, we copy Peter, James, and John as we climb up that mountain of transfiguration, looking for Jesus. Jesus, the day star, the bright and shining star, shining here on the Mount of Transfiguration, just like the light from heaven shone above his cradle in Bethlehem almost 30 years or so earlier. But why do we need to bother with spiritual mountaintops? Why? Why do we bother climbing to see this light? Why do we take valuable time away from our days and our Sunday mornings when we could be doing stuff, useful stuff, Aren't there hungry people to be fed? Jobs to be done, bills to be paid? Um, Children to be dragged out of bed, maybe, if they're teenagers? Sick people to be healed? Grieving people to be consoled? Friends to visit? Family to stay with? Why do we take time away from our lives to search after mountaintop experiences, to search after Jesus? Why did Jesus take time away from his mission? It can sometimes feel like we're too busy to go intentionally seeking after God. We're just too busy to come and pray. 
We're too busy to come to church. We're too pressed to spend time looking for God. And our lives are full. But we have to do this. Mark Twain once said, you can't depend on your eyes when your imagination is out of focus. We need to get our imaginations back into focus. When we do this, we can start to see reality like those disciples did. We climb the mountain of transfiguration each year before Lent begins for the same Moses reason that Moses climbed the mountain just before he died. He climbed the mountain to get a glimpse of the promised land and to see where he was headed. And that's what we do. As we keep being reminded, and rightly so, God loves us just as we are. But God wants us to change because there is so much more in store for us, even in this world. When Jesus arrived at the mountaintop, he changed. Everything about him changed. And the outside of him, which had been ordinary and like us, shone like something else entirely. Jesus shone with the glory that caused Moses to shine that day on the Mount of Sinai when he'd been speaking with God. He shone with the glory that carried Elijah up to heaven, gone from this world but alive in the next. I often do wonder how James, John and Peter knew that it was Elijah and Moses, but that's one of those gospel stories that we're never really going to know. We have some ideas about it. I wonder if they asked them. I wonder if Moses had stone tablets. I wonder if Elijah had his chariot with him. No. Um, But anyway, that's one of those great gospel mysteries. Jesus shone with the glory that he shone with on his own baptismal day when his, his father's voice was heard to say, this is my son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. And these words are spoken again, of course, similar words. What on earth could the disciples do when faced with such a thing? It would be hard to know what to say. But no, Peter didn't find it hard. When in doubt, shout it out. First, he, st- he stated the obvious. Lord, it's very good for us to be here. Okay, Peter. Um, and then he suggested that he build a little tent for them. And I know there were reasons for that, but I mean, it just blurted out. Don't you just love Peter? Because, of course, that was just not the point. This mountaintop experience was never meant to last forever. Jesus was facing the long journey to another mountain where he would be again lifted high, where he would be glorified in a way that nobody could imagine at that time. Jesus knew that ahead was the long walk to the cross. And he had so many opportunities not to go there, but he knew that he would not take them. He knew that his death was only weeks away. So Jesus needed this mountaintop experience to get him through what was to come. It seems pretty unlikely sometimes, but scripture tells us in many places that to be like Jesus is our destiny. Even here and now, we are all called to be like Jesus, to move into his glory, to become like him. We are also beloved now. I wonder, do you hear God saying to you, you are my daughter whom I love? 
you are my son, whom I love. Because that is what he is saying to all of us. As he said to Jesus then. We maybe don't feel it, but we can know that it is true. Because we are destined to be like Jesus. We're destined for glory. A glory that will make us shine like he shone. But first, before that happens, as with Jesus, there is a cross to bear. And so each year, we climb the mountain of transfiguration with him. We climb because there is a rough road ahead of us. We climb because we know that there is rough stuff behind us that we carry with us. We climb because we need to share that vision that Peter and James and John saw and to be strengthened for it by our return to the lowlands and to be strengthened during this time when we know there is something amazing ahead but we don't know what it is. Jesus told his disciples that were there that they shouldn't tell anybody about this experience quite yet until he came to glory. But it's pretty obvious in scripture that they did eventually, after Jesus had, had, come, had resurrected, they did tell a lot of people because we see it. John 1 verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the father, full of grace and truth. That sounds like eyewitness. 2 Peter 1 verses 16 to 18, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father when that voice was conveyed to him by the majestic glory, saying, This is my Son, my beloved. We ourselves heard this voice from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. This was a mountaintop, a necessary experience for Peter and John, and I'm sure for James as well. And we need to remember that this was a necessary mountain atop experience for Jesus. Jesus needed this. He was reassured of God's love for him. And he was able to spend time with two of the greats from heaven. Moses, the great lawgiver, whose face was unveiled when he talked to God. And Elijah, the great prophet, who was both afraid and yet willing to challenge the kings of the earth. Jesus would have found strength to deal with what was coming from being with these two. And God wants to give us the vision and the strength we need. The vision and the strength to face the fears and difficulties of our lives. The vision and the strength we need to respond to the call of God to live beyond ourselves. To live lives of sacrifice and courage. To do things that we never thought we could do. Till the glory we see in Christ settles on us, not just for a day, not just for a mountaintop moment, but forever. The road ahead is the way of the cross. And of course, we as a church know there are things ahead that we don't know what's going to be happening. But we know there is glory ahead. In Lent, we remember that God has made the way of the cross to be the way of life and peace. That our destiny is joined to Christ's destiny. We are his We are like him. The glimpse that we're granted of Christ's glory on our mountaintop experiences is the foretaste of heaven, an image of humanity as God intended it to be. 
Now, Lent is coming up soon. It's actually Ash Wednesday this week. I, I really can't believe it. It's happened very fast. And our sermon series is, during Lent is going to be brought to us mainly by Danny, who's going to be speaking to us from the book of Ephesians on um, the, the topic of who do you think you are? Well, we think we're like Jesus, moving to glory. There is a great opportunity in Lent to do something different. There are lots of things happening in, in our parish um, and why, further afield. And we're going to be having Lent reflections on a Wednesday evening in conjunction with St. Bart's and St. Christopher's. And they, these happen, start next week. Next week? Yeah. Yeah, next week. Like this week is this week. And the next week is next week, yeah. I got it wrong last time. So I thought Lent started next week. Um, so this is a good thing to do. And it's really good to show our unity as churches. Lent is a good time to seek after these mountaintop experiences. Um, perhaps you would like to use one of the excellent Archbishop's Daily Reflections books. They're available at the back of church. They're very good. And our um, evening reflections are going to be loosely based on them as well. Now, I know that giving up stuff for Lent has had a bad press in some parts of the church. And, okay, you don't need to. And there is, there's nothing like the Lent police who's going to come and search after you and see if you're eating chocolate yet. Um, but, because mini eggs are already available, I know this. Um, but many do find this is a good discipline to give up something that... that um, that you really love and that you don't need. Okay, you still need to drink water and stuff like that. Please don't starve yourself for 40 days. It's not a good idea. Um, but some people find that it helps them to concentrate on a more mountaintop experience and it helps them to concentrate on God. It's not about being legalistic. No one's going to come and check up on you, like I said. Maybe there's something that you'd prefer to add to your life. But as we prepare to bring ourselves into the disciplined walk of faith and devotion during the fast of Lent, we remember this glory of God that calls to us. We remember that we too will be bright shining as the sun. The mountain of transfigura I can't even say it. Transfiguration reminds us that though Jesus walked the way of the cross, he also rose from the dead to the glory of the Father. Easter is the end of Lent, the goal of Lent. We don't do Lent because we love to give up stuff and look grumpy. That's not the point. Oh, and I have to remind you, also, if you do give up stuff for Lent, Sundays are off. Sunday is a feast day. You are allowed. Um, <coughs> everything we do in Lent brings us a step closer to the joys of Easter. Everything we do, when we search for our mountaintop experiences brings us closer to God. On the holy mountain of transfiguration, we taste a little bit of what's to come. So let's seek those mountaintop experiences. Let's seek them together as we meet in church, with our groups, with those we love. Let's seek them alone as we quest after God. Let's seek those experiences that help reset our imaginations so we're rooted and grounded in Christ. So we are like Christ, beloved of God, glorified, able to deal with the difficult times we encounter. 
We ask you, God, that you would give us the vision and the strength that we need. We thank you for Jesus' example. And we pray that you would continue to make us more like Jesus. Amen.